Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength, our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. And a very warm welcome to you to St. George's today, part of the parish of Calvary St. George's. We will be validating canoe parking immediately following the service. Uh, but uh, uh, this is a wonderful day, though. It's kickoff Sunday, and our gospel reading for today and next week, I'm going to be kind of doing a two-part series, if you will, because our gospel reading for this week and next week illustrates really the meaning of our motto here at Calvary St. George's, enjoy your forgiveness And it is indeed my uh, prayer, my deepest prayer, that you would actually find an experience through both the community, but also, more importantly, by the Spirit working through the Word and sacrament, you would experience God's grace and forgiveness for you this year at Calvary St. George's. And the reason why is because the very essence of Christianity is about relationships, not rules and tips. And the most important relationship that you and I have, without a shadow of a doubt, is our relationship with God. Our liturgy begins with not, hey man, greet your neighbor to the next of you, you know, to the left of you. It begins with, blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because this is because the the, the composers of the liturgy recognized that when the vertical is right, the horizontal naturally takes care of itself. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. At first glance, though, our gospel reading appears to be a list of rules and tips that you and I should follow in order to build up to that moment, that crescendo, when we can finally boot out that person who has been annoying us all our life in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? You really irritated me. I've done all these things. Get out. So that's how I used to approach this text. But, uh, That is actually to miss the deep point that Jesus is trying to teach us. It's actually all about relationships, particularly our relationships with each other as Christians. Notice Jesus says, if another member of the church sins against you. Hence, the parable of the lost sheep, which precedes this reading. This is actually a three-part teaching of Jesus's in this particular chapter of Matthew. But the parable of the sheep, which precedes our reading in verses 10 through 35, becomes the lens by which we use to interpret this particular text. The parable of the lost sheep, it illustrates how cherished we are by God. You remember Jesus asks the crowds, he says, which one of you having 99 sheep or a hundred sheep, would leave the 99 and go after the one? Well, no one would have. Because that would have been to leave the 99 as lunch for all the wolves and the bears and the thieves out there. However, the good shepherd, God and Jesus Christ, well, he runs a crazy and careless search for the lost sheep to bring that one back into the fold. And you see, in order to begin to understand what this text is all about, it's not a a roadmap to kick someone out of your life. In order to understand what this text is all about, you've got to begin to see yourself first as one who was a lost sheep. 
Remember John Newton and his great line, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He understood that he himself was also at one time a lost sheep found by Jesus, sought by Christ's death, carrying you to the flock of his father's kingdom with the joy of a shepherd who's just found his favored sheep. And you are one of Jesus' favored sheep. And this is my first point. This is the heart of our faith. Not a set of rules to follow in order to please God. It's a relationship with God. A relationship that's made possible by the gift of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And it's the most important relationship we will ever have. A relationship that is made alive in our lives through faith in this good shepherd who has sought and found each and every one of us. Our gospel reading then, with that as our lens, becomes a practical instruction into how that lost sheep is restored into the fold of the church so that he or she, you and I, might not be cast out but rather enjoy our forgiveness together, experience and taste reconciliation. You see, when conflict arises, and the church is most certainly not exempt, I mean, look at all of the denominations in America. The world would have you go and get even, perseverate over that grudge, express your disdain on Facebook, post a tweet, Make an angry TikTok video. That'll show them. Am I the only one? Anyway, but I... (laughs) However, the church, the church should be a center of forgiveness. When people ask me, what's my denomination? I always say, I'm a radical forgivenitarian. Because the church is the place where the seeking, saving love of God in Christ Jesus welcomes home every lost sheep not ostracizes them. And in our text today, we have so much more than tips. When you begin to really examine it, what you see is that you have almost here a divine mandate. If your brother or sister sins against you, go to him. Examine yourself. Tell him with the intent and purpose of forgiving. And if they refuse, bring a couple of others, the whole church if necessary. Can you imagine the impact of the church in the world if we were known for forgiving one another as opposed to where we stood on our particular political issues? If we actually sought out opportunities to forgive and be forgiven. Sadly, and I am guilty of this, it's so much easier to leave so much easier just to check out and to avoid and to get over it and move on. And in the end, what happens is, is that we only cheat ourselves out of the possibility of what might be a new and redeemed future. This is my second point. This isn't about getting even or gaining your pound of flesh. What this particular text is all about is a relationship defined by forgiveness, freedom, and life. Conflict avoidance is not a good thing at all because forgiveness and reconciliation are ultimately at stake. 
This is the content of the gospel. The content of the church and what we should be about. Forgiving and being forgiven. Now, there are times, and believe me, I've experienced them, when a member of a Christian community is so stubborn and so unrepentant that despite the prayers and the pleas of the entire congregation, they reject it. That person, Jesus says, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. As I said earlier, I used to see that as my ticket out. You know, my ticket out. But if you really look deeply at this text, what do you think Jesus means? Well, when you think about it, Jesus is the one who continued to sup, continued to dine with tax collectors and sinners. I mean, Matthew, who wrote this gospel before he was a disciple of Jesus, was a tax collector. I think what this means when Jesus says, treat them as a tax collector and a Gentile, teach them, treat them as a tax collector and a sinner, uh, what this means is, is that we never give up on them. We should still care about them. Continue to pray. And pray for that olive branch of reconciliation. However, let me clarify. This isn't a call to codependency or becoming some sort of doormat. That's not what this text is about. Forgiveness, especially in situations of hurt and abuse, doesn't mean staying in harm's way. Rather, it means that in the act of forgiveness, I forgive you. The wounds that we bear, brought on by our hurt and betrayal, anger, abuse, etc., those hurts, those wounds, they no longer define us. I mean, really, that is what the church should be all about. Our wounds, being connected with Christ's wounds, and by faith in his blood, connecting and praying that Christ's wounds would be connected to others so that we might know that we are healed. I love, though, the old AA adage, all are welcome, but the needs of one never trumps the health of the community. And sometimes the call to let such a one be to you as a sinner or tax collector what that can mean is forgive, and yet you need to step back. You know, maybe you're a Mr. Fix-It, and the call is to step back and pray for the person with another member of the church, trusting that as Jesus has promised, it's not you, but the Holy Spirit who will lead people into all truth and righteousness. And with sure confidence in the knowledge that while you may not be physically available, Jesus is always present. And Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father, interceding for them and you. Jesus has promised wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am among them. And in the midst of reconciliation, that, that is a key and extremely important promise from God. 
It's not a justification for low church attendance at a picnic. You know, when I first got into youth ministry, they were like, I put all my effort into like a pizza party and like three kids would show up. And then someone was like, wherever two or three are gathered, Jake, don't worry about it. And then um, I remember I went, I had a buddy and he was a minister um, over in Brooklyn and for the first time he was doing the Easter vigil. This was the early days when we were here and we would pray for each other. And so I went to his Easter vigil to support him. And if you've ever been to an Easter vigil, it is a lot of work. So we had it all ready to go. And four people showed up. And I looked at him and I said, hey, brother, don't worry about it. Wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, there he will be in the midst of them. And he goes, you know, that's not what that's about. (laughs) And so I went and I looked and I figured it out. And it's true. What it's about is the promise of forgiveness in the here and the now for you. You see, in Judaism, and it's still true in parts of Judaica today, it was required that for the forgiveness to be pronounced from God, there must be ten righteous men present. This was called the Minion. And it has its roots in the book of Genesis. You remember when Abraham intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. Are there, will you not spare the city for ten righteous men? However, Jesus... He flips it all on his head, doesn't he? He breaks down all the rules because relationship is so important. And Jesus says that forgiveness is available where two or three are gathered together in my name. And not just two or three men, but two or three women, two or three men and women as well. Jesus is always present. He is present in your confession and absolution. He is present in your baptism. He is present when we gather around this table and we receive the bread that is his body and the wine that is his blood, assuring you that your sins are forgiven. Jesus is present always in your life, no matter where you go, and this promise is for you. And this is my third point. Jesus promises to be with us whenever we gather together in his name, when we pray in his name, when we seek to be reconciled in his name, when we pray for those who have hurt us deeply and we can't be present with them right now in his name. He promises to be with us. And he promises to be with us because more than anything, Jesus wants all of our relationships to be healthy and whole. Our relationships with God and our relationships with each other. And this promise, while it's manifested sometimes in amazing doctrine, it is a promise to be believed because it is a relationship to be enjoyed a relationship that is at the heart of this wonderful thing we call Christianity. So, I call you to enjoy your forgiveness and in great humility, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we shall tend to both of these relationships, God and our neighbor, faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. 
thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.